Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. As always, Tim here with you, navigating the ups and downs and pitfalls and triumphs of getting products into big box retail. I hope that you guys are having, and gals, are having a fantastic week. Hope that it's been productive. I know it's just getting started, and uh, um, so there's many days left to get things done, right? Many days left to make those connections, have those discussions, talk to people, and get one step closer to getting your products on the shelf. We've had a ton of questions recently around the topic of timeframes. Timeframes of getting your product in, timeframes of getting your product through, timeframes in general on how long things are just going to take. And it's not uncommon to get these questions. It's not uncommon to have these discussions. In fact, it's so common that um, at the onset of On the Shelf, the very first podcast episode that we did was completely and entirely around how long it's going to take to get your products into retail because that was the number one question. That was what everybody seemed to want to know. And today, almost three years later, or, or just over, uh, I think, three years later, it still is one of the most popular episodes on the program. And so I think it is time you know, 116 episodes in to have a little refresher and revisit some of these questions because they're still coming in. It's still a big deal. People still are not fully understanding the length of time that things take. And is this time frame too big or too small or too little or too large? And uh, so we continue to get these questions and expectations continue to get blown out of proportion. They continue to, uh, you know, people continue to think that their product is going to buck the system of time. And so in order for us to just help that understanding, I've created, uh, or, or really what I've done is I've combined these down into four questions that all revolve around timeframes. And so that's what we're going to go through tonight. That's what we're going to talk about. I hope that we're going to be able to answer all the questions that were in there around this topic. If there's something or specifically something that we missed that you still want us to cover, please reach out and let us know. All right, so let's get into it. I mean, let's, let's dive right in. Number one, what are reasonable time frames for getting my product into retail. So there you have it. Let's lay it all out there. Let's just put it out on the table. It's the elephant in the room, right? It's what everybody really wants to know. Everybody kind of has this thought process that their product is going to be different. Their product is not going to run the normal gamut of time because it's different. It's special. It's awesome. It's new. It's, it's, a, it's a change. And, uh, and so they're like, yeah, man, you know, I, things are going to happen quickly. Well, that could happen. I mean, I've seen it happen. You guys know me. I, you know, we got a product into Costco in 30 days. Uh, so it, we, it does happen. But here, what we're talking about today on the show is the norm, okay? What normally you can expect. 
And so what are the timeframes or reasonable timeframes that you might think are, that you're kind of fitting right within with regard to your product? So let's start with when are you going to kind of know how things are going? So at TLB Consulting, six months of, of, of knocking on doors, talking to buyers, uh, sending out samples is what we consider enough time for us to really get a good understanding of what buyers are or are not thinking about the product. Now, this isn't, guys, six months to get your product in. This isn't six months to be on the shelf. This isn't six months and you guys are going to be seeing money. This is six months for us to talk to a bunch of buyers, pitch the product a bunch of times, and then get a good idea of, is it a viable product? Are buyers taking it seriously? Are they interested? Are they asking for samples? Are they talking to us? Do they want to know pricing? So if we go 60 day, I mean, excuse me, six months, and we talk to maybe 35 or 40 buyers, and we get told no every time, and nobody's interested, and nobody gets it, and, and uh, it's not really happening at all, then that's also very telling for us too. And that doesn't mean that the product is necessarily dead in the water. It means that there's something about it or the way it's being presented or it's missing something or the buyers want something changed or the packaging is not right. There's something about the product that's holding buyers up. Or like we talked about with uh, um, uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Make 48, that maybe it's a product out there looking for a problem. And there's really no problem for it to solve. And buyers see that right away. And so they're not really interested. They don't really think that it's going to capture the type of volume it needs to capture on the floor of a retail store. So take that first time frame. That's six months to really, that's six months of intensive getting in front of buyers and trying to find out what they think. Now, let's just pretend for the sake of this argument or the sake of this conversation, we're not, we're not actually arguing yet, guys, but for the sake of this conversation, that the, the results have been positive. So over the past six months, we've sent out a bunch of samples. We currently have a client, and over the six months, we, we haven't sold anything yet, but we have five or six key samples out there. We have five or six buyers that are mulling it over and are interested and are thinking about it and, and wanting to talk about it and get pricing and showing it to their team. That's what we consider to be a good first six months. Okay, that's setting this, this client up for what will probably be a really decent 2018. Now, we started with this buyer really basically exactly six, excuse me, started with this client exactly six months ago. So in six months, haven't made a sale yet, but we're teeing things up for a really good 2018. Now, does that mean we're home free? Over the, you know, hit the home run over the fence? No. No, still a lot of work to be done. These buyers are just interested, okay? It's a single product. It's a single line, skew line. It's not a full uh, line of products, and so we have to continue to sell it. But the response has been good. The response has been, uh, ex well, better than average. Uh, you know, buyers are wanting to see it. So I would consider that a, a good six months. So the next six months we're going to spend trying to get that product into or gain a PO for that product. And if out of these six buyers, we can gain one PO in the next six months, that would be considered a victory. Now, that would be a solid PO. I mean, this is sporting goods products, so like Dick's Sporting Goods or, or uh, 
uh, Shields or Denim Sports or, you know, to, to actually take the product on and put it on the shelf, that would be good. That would be considered a victory. Okay, I, I hope you're adding this up. We're up to a year now, and now we have a PO. Now we have a, a PO from a buyer. Not 10, just one PO. Now what we're going to do is we're going to produce that PO. That's going to take, let's say, 60 days. We're going to ship that PO. That's going to take, you know, another four weeks on the water. So that's 60, 70 days. We're going to ship it to the to the retailers. That's going to take another two weeks. And then they're going to pay us in 30 to 60 days. So you're still looking overall to get from nowhere to a PO on the shelf, a retailer, and getting paid about, you know, 14 to 18 months. And that's if things go really, really well. That's if you show the product to buyers and they like it. They want a sample. Uh, you know, that's not going six months and hearing nothing. Zero. And, and even if we hear zero, that's still better than no. Because that means that buyers haven't made a decision about it yet. So, you know, if you've gone six months and you've heard no, you haven't heard no, but you just haven't heard anything, that means that there's something wrong with your pitch. There's something wrong with how you're approaching the buyers. There's something wrong with uh, how you're going about getting it in front of them. And, and you need to fix that part so that you can either get the yes, the no, the maybe, the send me more information, the I need to see a sample, get to that stage. But on a product that's been well-received, now that doesn't mean they answered us on the very first email, but been well-received over the first six months, so we have about five or six samples out there, to getting product on the shelf in one retailer, yeah, about 14 months, okay? So there's your time frame. That's what you can normally expect if things are going well. If things are going not as well, it could go into 18 months or more than that. If things are going way better, meaning you have 12 samples out there instead of six, it could be faster. Or it could be the same time frame, but you're going to be on the shelf of two or three retailers. I hope that's making sense. So if you're starting right now and you're contacting your first buyer and you have all your stuff in a row, your pitch deck, your pricing, your... your um, uh, your wholesale line sheet, your spec sheets, you have all your stuff together and you're starting to reach out to, to these buyers. Yeah, that first six months, people, that's going to be finding out what they think. The second six months is going to be nailing down as many retailers, at least one, if you can, during that second, that second six months. And then the third six months or less is going to be producing that product and getting it on the shelf. Okay. So I hope that part makes sense, and I, and I hope that it's not discouraging. It, it shouldn't be discouraging. I want you guys to know something. You don't want things to happen too fast. You don't want to be scrambling. You don't want to be producing product too fast. You don't want things to happen in a time frame that you're not ready for. So if you know that this is kind of the norm, then you should be able to, you know, take a breath and relax a little bit. You know, buyers don't anymore see product on the spot and write a PO. It, it, does, it doesn't happen that way in, anymore, I'm sorry to say. I have had it that way. I visited a buyer before years ago. They pull out their little book, write me a PO handwritten on the spot. I've seen it happen. I've been there when it happens. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. So we have to go about things differently. It's not that people aren't buying products. We just have to do things a little bit differently. All right, so that was number one. What are some reasonable timeframes? Number two, 
Um, what are the things that will affect the timeframes? Okay, so I gave you the timeframes. What are some of the things that will affect it either in a positive way or in a negative way? And so here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break these down for you. Um, category uh, reviews. So let's say that you're, you're all finally ready. Okay, you're finally ready to pitch your product. You talk to a buyer and you find out, hey, they just had their category review. Just had it, you know, two months ago. Wah, wah, wah. You know, so now you're like, oh my gosh, what do I have to do? Do I have to wait for an entire year? Probably not. They're probably going to have another review in six months. Uh, but they basically, if they've done their category review and they've picked their products, that's pretty much their program for that next year. And then they may do some supplements or they may do some testing or they may, may do some in and outs. Uh, so you still have opportunity there. But it's good to know uh, when the category reviews are. If you want a quick and easy way to figure this out, the company ECRM, which you've heard me mention a million times on the podcast, has done some easy work for you. If you go to ecrm.marketgate.com and you look on their upcoming events, so their upcoming EPPS events, when you see an event, so if there's an event in July and August for, let's say, candy, then you know that buyers are currently in the process of buying candy products right now. That's what they're looking for. Because every, every EPPS event from ECRM is designed to be held just prior to the category review for that category for most retailers. So look at that, man. That's a cheat sheet right there for you. So you go find out what product you have, where it fits in, and when you see when those EPPS events are scheduled, you should know if they're scheduled in June and you're, you're not, maybe you're not going to go to that EPPS event, but if it's scheduled in June, then yeah, that, then uh, um, you want to be January, February, March, April, May. So April and May uh, is where you really realize I hit it heavy. That's when they're going to be making their decisions. And, and June is going to be the tail end of that. Uh, so I would be starting hard, uh, hot and heavy, April, May, June, and then July. That's going to be your time frames. Does that make sense? So that's a cool cheat sheet way to look at it, ecrm.marketgate.com. And I would also, of course, I can't say that without saying, hey, you should look at going to an EPPS session. No better way to launch your product on the market than sit in a room or in a booth and talk to 40 or 50 buyers in two and a half days. Absolutely no way that you can get that done by yourself. There's no way you could fly around the country and do it. So not only look at the schedule to get some time frames of when your category review is coming up, but also think about going to one of those EPPS sessions. You'll, you'll be glad you did. All right, uh, number two under the category, what are uh, the things that will affect the timeline? Buyer uh, timelines and, uh, and, and products. Buyers have a list of things to do, right? So just like anybody else in work, they have their to-do list and things that are going on. And, uh, um, and a lot of times it's pretty heavy. So it, it's not uncommon for you to hit up a buyer and they say, hey, listen, I got all this stuff on my plate right now. Hit me back up in you know two or three months. Here is a good example. Uh, the company Grenades Gum, if you've never heard of Grenades Gum, your head will explode, no pun intended. But this is some awesome gum. I call it... Um, I call it like crack gum because when this company, this is a total tangent here, but when this company sent me a bunch of samples, 
of this gum. I had it in my office and I was in a, and it was in a shared office space and I gave a bunch of samples out right away to a bunch of people and kind of people either loved it or hated it. But man, the people that loved it, all of a sudden they'd be like milling around my front door, the door to my office and be like, Hey man, got any more of that gum? And it was just like, they were looking, you know, they start milling around like, Hey, you have any more of that grape gum, man? Do you have any more of that atomic blast? And, uh, I was like, yeah, I got some more samples, man. Here you go. So anyway, that's a total side note. But yeah, if you have a chance to try that gum, try it because you're gonna get that, you're gonna get that same response. Anyway, Costco's super into it. They like the product. Uh, they're ready to make a, a move on it. But here's the thing. They have this big program going on. Uh, the buyer has this big thing that she has to focus on. And so she's like, hit me back in. After we did all this work and you know, sent them samples and did everything that they needed us to do, they're like, hey, yeah, just hold on another two or three months. Well, two or three months to her goes by in a blink of an eye. But two or three months to us when we're waiting to get on the shelf, man, it's like we're slugging through the swamp. And so what's going on with the buyer at that time? What's on their plate? What things are they trying to tackle is going to affect you? And they're not always going to tell you. Like this buyer told us, hey, this is what I'm doing, and this is what's slowing things down. And so she was super upfront with us. You're not always going to get that. To you, it's just going to be a blank. It's like going to be, you know, just time going by and there's no contact. And probably you'll never know what was going on. Just one day you'll wake up and there'll be an email in your inbox and it'll be the buyer saying, hey, yeah, let's get this thing rolling. And then, of course, they want everything, you know, double time. But, uh, but what, buyer, what the buyer's doing, what's going on in their life and in their work life right then is, is going to make a, uh, is going to make an impact. All right. Hey, big boxers, just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I wanna work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I wanna share those experiences with you. I wanna to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I wanna help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. All right, something else that will make a, an impact too and, and is tough to deal with, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, is buyer changes. So you're getting, uh, you know, right now uh, I had a client that uh, a Target was looking at a product for them 
And, uh, you know, it's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden now they, the buyer changed. So we kind of have to start from scratch. So we're like six months into this pitch with Target. And now, man, we're just back to the starting line. So that can also affect your, so, so remember what I said, six months, 12, uh, six, then six months, and then another six months, and then another four months on a product that was rolling and buyer was really liking it and things were progressing. Just imagine if you put a, inside of that time frame, if you put a four month setback because you have a new buyer. So now you're starting to understand um, how things can uh, affect your overall timeline. So a uh, change in, in buyers can do that. No category ownership is the last thing I wrote down. And this is a hard thing. And this sometimes comes up when you have a product that nobody really knows where it goes. It's a what we would call a, a, a groundbreaking product. You've heard us talk about groundbreaking and enhancement products. This would be a groundbreaking product, a product that uh, uh, that, you know, was invented to solve a problem, but nobody's ever heard of it before. So it's kind of unknown where it's going to go, who's going to handle it. And buyers will bounce these things around before, you know, nobody will take ownership of it uh, for a while in, until uh, it, it either strikes the right chord or somebody makes them or somebody kind of, you know, you know you're annoying enough that somebody's like, all right, I'll take it and, and figure out what we're going to do with this. But buyers not taking ownership of the product because it's new and different, that can also hold you back. All right, so that kind of covers the things that might affect the overall time frame. Uh, the third question was, how can I uh, speed things up, right? You know that that's coming. You know that's a question you want to ask is, hey, what can I do, right? Because that's a great question. You're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You, you know, what can I do to speed these things up? And it's a great question, and I love it when people ask this to me because you know what it means to me is they're fired up. They're taking ownership, right? They're getting things done. They're getting after it. They want to know, what can I do? I don't just want to sit on my hand. All right, so here's one of the things that you can do. Updates. I just did this this afternoon uh, with that sports product that we were saying, uh, you know, we got into um, uh, a retailer. And I just sent out an email to all the other buyers that currently have samples and said, hey, just want to give you an update. Uh, we just got picked up by blah, blah, blah. Hey, and you know, about those samples, you know, what are you guys thinking? You know, when can we get this thing rolling as well? So it's not to throw it in their face and it should never be positioned as like, nah, 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 nah. You know, we got this into so-and-so. It's always should be done in a professional update manner to where you're just strictly trying to let the buyer know, hey, that things are progressing. Because a lot of buyers today, they don't want to be first. They don't want to be the one to try things out. So, hey, oh, if, if this retailer is doing it, then okay. That means that um, that's kind of validating the fact that I like this product and somebody else likes it too. So it might make it a little bit easier for me to take it to my boss and say, hey, I want to add this one SKU vendor and the boss is going to you know, put their hand on their head and start rubbing their temples and, oh my gosh, why? And you say, well, so-and-so's picking it up and so-and-so's picking it up. And so it kind of makes sense. You know, I think that it would be a, a, a good addition to this section. And it gives them a, a little bit of backup to, to go to the boss. All right, something else that you can do, and this is going to kind of sound weird, is just move on. Okay, if you're struggling with a certain retailer and you're not getting what you want from them, don't let that hang you up from continuing on with other buyers and doing more prospecting because you are going to get it in somewhere and then you can go back to that buyer like we just did today and say, hey, just want to let you know we got picked up by so-and-so. So don't just get too focused on this one retailer and you're not going to do anything else until this retailer gives you an answer. Hey, you have a product to sell. Okay. You have things to do. You're not, your entire fortune does not hinge on this one buyer. So move on, keep going, talk to other people, 
And then constantly go back and follow up with that buyer. Just let them know how things are going. So, and, and, and if you get to the point, this is a, a third thing um, that I would say, if you get to the point where maybe the buyer has said no or no for now, or, you know, they're going to pass on the product, then I do what I call, I, I put them on long lead follow-up. Okay. So that's follow-up that I'm going to do probably every six months. And I put it in my calendar every six months. And then when they come up and I forget about it. Okay, unless they reach out to me, I completely forget about it. I'm not going to waste my time on people that keep saying no to me. I have other people out there that are going to say yes, but occasionally, boom, they pop up on my calendar. Hey, follow up with so-and-so, and then I shoot them off a quick email. And sometimes I'll get an answer, hey, I don't buy for that category anymore. Boom, that's awesome. So there's a new buyer in there that I can talk to. Or uh, in that email, I'll tell them, hey, we've just been picked up by three or four. You know, a lot can happen in six months. So we may have been picked up by a bunch of other people at that time that I can update them on and, and maybe they'll make some sort of a different decision. So you can put them on long lead follow-up. Uh, number four, always be professional. Okay, don't get emotional when people tell you no. Don't get emotional when buyers change their mind. I had a a client, um, still is a client, that uh, went and saw a retailer and came back and they had a test going and then they sent some information to the retailer and the assistant followed back up and said, yeah, you know, um, we're not really interested in the test at this point. So the response that this retailer, that this uh, client sent back was very emotional. Wow, I can't believe that. You know, I thought we had an agreement. I thought we did this or that, or it was just, you know, I can't believe this is happening. That's, guys, that's not what we want to do. That's not how we want to handle things, okay? We're professional. We're selling our product to other people. You know, you don't want to test our product, okay? But I would definitely, uh, what we ended up doing is crafting a new email back to the actual buyer, not the assistant, not the one that turned us down, and said, hey, can we get you on the phone? Um, we had an understanding that when we left your office, this is what we had. And uh, when we got back, your assistant told us something different. So we're confused. So we'd like to get back on the phone with you to just clear things up. And boom, the buyer responded and said, what? Yeah, let's get back on the phone. And now that test is back on for 2018. So not a, you know, not a emotional plea. Come on, please, please, let's do a test. Come on, let's do it. No, no, guys, we're professionals, right? So we need to talk like professionals. If you ever get an email back from somebody that's not the person you made the deal with, don't deal with that person. Always go back to the original person. Don't even respond to it. You know, if, if somebody else emails you back and said, hey, yeah, the test is off, don't even email. Just email the person you spoke to and say, hey, we had this conversation. This is what I, you know, thought was going on. I got this email, so can you just clarify for me? That's how you handle it. So be professional. All right. Uh, number, uh, I think that's number five. And this kind of came up in um, uh, Jane Mossberger's uh, uh, um, uh, podcast uh, when she was talking about Macy's. And uh, I loved it that when she said that it took her a year to get into Macy's or to get that thing rolling and how she ended up actually cinching the deal when she started a relationship with somebody that wasn't the buyer. She was working with somebody that was in marketing or, or HR. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but they weren't the buyer. So she got that person interested in the, in the, in the company and what they were doing and the mission that they were on. And then that person starts to advocate for her. So when they see the buyer, you know, in passing in the hallways, they say, hey, you know, what's going on with that, uh, with that company uh, to the market? You know, what's going on with that? 
Um, how, how's that going? Because I talked to Jane, and man, that just sounds like awesome thing. It kind of sounds like what we want to do in marketing, and we could really get behind that. Okay, so now all of a sudden, somebody inside the company is advocating for you. You know, recently we had a client that went to a golf outing, and they didn't get it. You know, for a, for a company that we do business with, and and they didn't get any confirmations that anybody would have lunch with them. And so I gave them the instructions: Hey, forget about the buyers. Go out and meet people that aren't the buyers. Go out and create some relationships. Take people out to coffee. Nobody normally goes out to coffee that's not the buyer. Nobody gets asked, you know, the uh, you know the marketing person or you know the person who uh, is like three steps down from the buyer. Those people don't get asked to dinner. Nobody's asking those people to dinner. So hey, take them out to dinner or take them out to drinks, and uh, and just get to know them and and give them a little bit of information about what you're doing. That way, when the subject comes up in passing and talking, they have something to say about what you're doing. So uh, create some relationships with people that are not the buyer, all right? Hope that one makes sense. And last, number four, how can I manage my personal expectations? Whew, I don't know, guys. How can you manage your own expectations? I think, first of all, you need to know what's realistic. So I'm going to go down the, I think I have, what, five things here. Um, understand the time frame. So we just went over the time frames. So you got to understand those and understand that, that um, and this is <laughs> This is going to be the very next one. I'm just going to roll it into it. And it's going to sound bad. So I want to preface it that I'm not meaning it the way it sounds. So I know that I make it even 10 times worse by saying that. But listen, guys, you're not special. Okay. And I don't mean that you're not a special person. You guys are all special and all awesome and all um, and, and all have something to offer. But But your product to a buyer is not necessarily special in the way that they're going to do things for you that they just wouldn't do for anybody else. You have to go through the channels generally. Now, again, if you get some other people advocating for you, other people that aren't the buyer that know what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, maybe they can start to open some doors for you and things can be quicker. You never know. But thinking, because your friends and family told you your product that, hey, man, all you're going to have to do is show this to a buyer. They're going to get it. And, man, woo, it's going to go, and it's going to blow up, and, and you're going to be awesome. Okay. That's friends and family trying to pump you up, and that's what they're there for. But the bottom line is, you got to always remember this that I told you that, that that Costco kicked out Apple. Do you remember that when Apple was in Costco, and then they had a they had a disagreement? Apple wanted one thing, and it wasn't Costco's business model to do that, so they stopped carrying it. Okay, so if if Costco can kick out Apple and be fine with it, they can kick out anybody or not take on anybody. There's nobody special. Not one product is ever going to make or break. A, a retailer. Now, of course, Apple came back in, so Apple finally said, okay, well, we'll do it the way you want to do it, and, and we'll make a deal, and here we go. So what does that mean? What does it mean if you're not special? What it means is, uh, if your product's not special, what it means is your company, and you have to be special. That's the special part. That's what you guys aren't, aren't uh, getting. Remember, I've told you a million times, retailers today want to do business with companies, and their social followings, and the people that advocate for them, and their influencers, and their followers. That's, that, that's what's special about what you're doing is you. You're the special thing. You're the special sauce. And the company you're building is the special sauce. That's what you have to put into your pitch. That's what you have to get in there. Now, that's not to say that you don't have to pitch your product. You do, but you have to pitch this other, stank, other stuff with it, Okay. All right, um, and this is kind of an internal thing. I want you to sit, take a deep breath after this podcast, and I want you to say to yourself, and I want you to be honest with yourself about where you're at with your product, 
what you're doing, how it's going, and what things might need to be changed. What things might need, what kind of feedback are you getting? Are you getting no feedback? Um, how, is, how is it going overall? Be honest with yourself so you can make some honest changes. You know, if you want to discuss that with us, if you want us to evaluate your program thus far, happy to do that. Happy to give you that unbiased, uh, honest uh, uh, evaluation of what's going on. But being honest with yourself and understanding that you have to do the same things that everybody else does, your product is going to go through the same, same pipelines that everybody else's pipeline is going to go through, that's going to help you, okay? That's going to help you understand that uh, there's no shortcuts for you, okay? So let's get to work. Let's get busy. Let's get after it. And I guess, boom, that gets right into the next one, which is just keep working, okay? What, what can, how can you manage your expectations? Don't just get super uh, focused on one little thing. You know, make sure that you keep working. You have a lot of prospects. You're talking to a lot of people. You're making a lot of connections. You're going to networking events. You're going to local people and showing them your product. And uh, you, you have a little bit of sales grit behind what you're doing. You got to put, sometimes, man, you got to put your head down and just go forward and make it happen. Go talk to people face to face. So just keep working. And then the last thing is, if you need it, get some help. Okay? Call us. Call somebody. But get some help. Don't languish for months and months and months and months and months and months and years and months and years and months without getting some help. Okay? Don't do it. Just go out and get some help. And, uh, and, and let's get this thing rolling. All right? Does that make sense? All right. Well, I hope that I was able to kind of squish all these questions in and, and, and make, uh, make some sense of timeframes and managing your expectations and timeframes. And I hope you guys got some stuff out of it. It's important. Because you don't want to get discouraged. You don't want to think that it's not going to happen. Because the second you think that it's not going to happen, people can hear that in your voice. All of a sudden, you start getting discouraged. Instead of doing 10 calls today, you're doing two calls. And then no calls tomorrow, and then zero, and then zero. And then things start falling away, and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Okay? There's a way to get your product in. There's a way to get it into retail. Just got to find that map. Got to find that way. Got to talk to that one person that's going to make it happen for you. So it's going to happen. I feel it. I know it. You guys are super resilient. And I hope that this gives you kind of some framework to work around so that you uh, can start to manage your own expectations and understand what your own timeframes are. All right. Hey, speaking of the podcast, if you guys are liking it, I need you guys to go uh, to iTunes and leave a review. I need you to go to Stitcher and leave a review. You can always go to our actual uh, podcast website, which is, you know, www.ontheshelf.lipson.com. And uh, you can make some comments. I want to start seeing some back and forth. I want to know who you guys are. I want to know what you guys are dealing with and how we can help. And let's start getting some interaction. One of the great ways that you can do that is you can join On The Shelf Now on Facebook. That's our closed group. And uh, you just go to Facebook, type in, in the search bar, On The Shelf Now, and hit join and then you'll be there, part of the conversation. We can actually talk and chit-chat and, uh, and, and create some solutions. And you can be in a group of other people that are doing what you're doing. So they're like-minded peers that are trying to get after it and, and make things happen just like you are. We always want to hear from you. The questions that have been coming in have been awesome. And uh, we, uh, we really appreciate that. Our goal with On The Shelf has always been to give you some of the tools to do this yourself, to get it done yourself. And from somebody who's really in there doing it day to day, just like you are, and to bring you some guests of people that have done it, 
So if, if you um, have questions or concerns or, or you want to reach out to us, you can do it on Twitter, at TLB Consult. You can do it on Facebook, on TLB Consulting, or join our Facebook group, group at On The Shelf Now. And as always, you can go to our website, tlbconsulting.com, and reach out to us that way. Uh, we want to hear from you. It's what we're here for. All right, well, guys, listen, uh, and gals, guys and gals, sorry uh, about that, uh, uh, guys and gals, until next time, we look forward to seeing your products on the shelf. 